Hello, citizens. Welcome to LIW, the Twilight Zone Review, the first episode. I'm recording this years in the future. It's uh, April 27th, 2020. Only reason I'm doing this is because I went back and re-listened to some of these early episodes, and I just want to give a warning. The, the first episodes, maybe the first ten, are me drunkenly slurring into a microphone at three in the morning, talking about Twilight Zone and rambling. So... Just know that in the future, it does change down the line. Uh, season two, Frank joins the show. Uh, season five, Adam joins the show. And there's a lot of awesome shit that happens after this. But just know you ha- it's a bit of a slog. You have to, you have to you know, tear your way through the first dozen episodes or so. They get better. Trust me, they get a whole lot better. The recording gets a whole lot better. This, the first few have a, a, a buzzing. Some of them I record on like literally a lapel mic. And seriously, like drunk out of my mind at three in the morning, just rambling about the Twilight Zone. It's not very good. It's it's kind of funny, but just know once you get through that, maybe just skip until season two, and then once you're on board with the show, go ahead and go back to season one. That's why we're doing our every once in a while we'll do a, a season one classic, like we call it our uh, our Redux episodes, because it's Frank and I doing them together. We'll go back and, re- and watch them. Sometimes do live episode commentary on them. A lot of cool shit happens down the line uh, in, in the show. It's been going strong for five years now. And I just want to give a warning that it is very rough, uh, so you can't bitch about it later. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Get, you know, Prepare yourself for that. And while I'm here, might as well just say we started a new show uh, this year, 2020. LAW Tales from the Crypt Review. So go to LAWstudios.com, loitering in Wonderland on YouTube. And, uh, you know, patreon.com slash loitering in land studios. And, so, you know, become a member there. You get the episodes early. You don't have to wait every fucking week because we're months ahead now on that show and other shows. But the point is, I just want to not apologize because it is what it is. I'm not going to apologize for, you know, not knowing what I was doing in the beginning. I just randomly started doing this show. I had an idea and I was like, I'm going to watch the first episode of Twilight Zone and I'm going to talk about it into a microphone. It's going to be great. But instead it's like, um, and then I was going to, you know, it's just kind of, I was too slow. I didn't really get my speed going yet. And, uh, it's rough. It's rough to say the least. So, um, yeah, go follow us on Twitter, LIW studio. Well, there's a couple LIW studios, um, LIW, the TZ review. Uh, Frank is double L N K Z. So L L N K Z. I'm at Phoenix West and Adam is Raiders of the Lost Flicks. It's got some weird spelling on it, but go check it out. Just search Raiders of the Lost Flicks. You'll find them. Or you can check out the episode notes for here and just click on them and go there. But yeah, uh, until f- I almost said until further ado, but just to say, here's the first episode. Good, good fucking luck getting through it. Hopefully you're, uh, you're accustomed to the later episodes, so this one won't bother you as bad. You kind of get what I'm going for, and you get what it turns into, because right now it's, it's rough as hell. Enjoy. Phoenix West, the Twilight Zone episode review show. Welcome to the first episode of the Twilight Zone review show. Twilight Zone episode review show? What did I name this? I don't remember. Anyway, um, yeah, this is the first episode of both this and the Twilight Zone. The episode was called, Where is Everybody? What up? Where is Everybody? 
And uh, it really does ask that question, you know? It really hits the hard-hitting questions. This, this, this episode does not pull back any punches. It really, really wants to know, where is everybody? Um, so I watched this episode. You know, let's get back to being serious for just a moment here. Um, I love the Twilight Zone. Um, me being Phoenix West. I don't know if I introduced myself yet. I I love the Twilight Zone. I love 60s television. I grew up on 60s television for some reason. My parents are born in the 60s. So I guess my mom was. My dad was not. Um, but anyway, I, I grew up on it. I love the Twilight Zone. It's my second favorite TV show. And my top two television shows are science fiction shows. My first being MST, Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you will. And I don't really consider myself that big into sci-fi, really. Like, I don't like Lord of the Rings that much because it's just too fantasy for me. I don't, I don't, it's just made up. It's just nonsense. But the reason I love MST is because they make fun of shit. And I love Twilight Zone because it's more, actually more political than it is about the sci-fi. It's more about, it's made in 1959, Twilight Zone. From 59 to what, 64? And it was more of, as a response to McCarthyism and the Red Scare and all that bullshit because there was a lot of censorship, go- censorship going around and Rod Sterling was not too happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I fucking love The Twilight Zone. And I wanted to do an episode review because I saw some people did it, but it looks like all of them gave up after a short period of time. And I, I don't know why you do that. Just finish, finish the episode. So I'm going to do all of them. And when I finish with the original series, the OS, I might go on to the 85 version and then the 2002 Lazy Eye Forest Whitaker version. I'm not really sure yet. That seems like a lot of work, and some of those are just terrible. Like, I saw some of the new ones, new meaning, what, fucking 13 years ago, but they were atrociously bad. I wouldn't recommend them, recommend them to anyone. I can't in good conscience do that to you folks. So I guess you know where I'm coming from with this. This episode will be a little longer than normal because I am going to kind of do setup here and the rest of the episodes I'll just talk about the episode. So we got a few more minutes of setup, so bear with. If you're into the Twilight Zone, you're, you're into a large amount of exposition um, generated from nothing, uh, spoken by monotone voices such as myself because that's what the Twilight Zone is, you know? All I need to do is fill myself in black and white and cover myself in a thick layer of sweat, and you get the full experience. And I need to shout all of my inner feelings, my inner feelings just aloud, to nobody in general, because that's what this episode was. It's called Where Is Everybody? Because that's what the fucking character shouts. He doesn't know where everybody is, so he's really, really curious, and he decides to just ask everybody who's not around. Like... I guess I go to the episode here. Let me drink a little. Ease the pain. All right. First episode is Where Is Everybody, like I said. Uh, I guess it... How much do you want to know? It, October 2nd, 1959. Is that really... That's all you need to know. Directed by Robert Stevens. Writer Rod Serling. Who's like my fucking Jesus. I, I go though. One thing bothers me about Rod Serling. Doesn't it feel like Rod? The name Rod. I'm not going where you think I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to go phallic. I'm I'm, I'm going to go. Doesn't it feel like it's short for something that you never get to know what it is? Because Rob, if his name was Rob Serling, 
you're like, that dude's fucking Robert. Okay, that's fine. But when it's Rod, I don't really, I don't, I, what is that show for? Roderick? Is that a name? I don't really know if that's a name. I'm just kind of ma- making shit up. But I feel like Rod, I trust a guy named Rod. A guy named Rod is not going to fuck you around. Even Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's got Roddy. I don't know if that, that is that what Rod is short for? Roddy? Because that's fucked up. I don't want to. If his name is Roddy Serling, I don't, I don't trust that guy anymore, you know? But I guess I'll get back to the story. Um, the Twilight Zone is interesting, sorry for yelling, for a couple of reasons. It's the first show I can think of where they took the theater aspect. Because in the 50s, um, start late 40s, early 50s, throughout the 50s, I should say, like Playhouse 90, I think that started in the 50s. And then the show was like that, where it was scripts that were done. They weren't, it wasn't, a, they, 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 would te- they would have television series that weren't, um, like a, they weren't continuing the storyline. They were each, they were episodic. They were, they weren't episodic, I should say. They didn't carry a plot line throughout. They just would like basically play a play. That's why it's called Playhouse 90. They would just do, here's our script and we're going to perform this for you. And then next week, we might have the same actress back to do different things. It'll be a different script. No, no, none of that story carries through. And they did a lot of that back then. And this is kind of the first show to take that, uh, squish it down in half an hour, except for that one fucking terrible season. I think it's season four. And then they, but they did a really good job of making it very, very interesting, I guess is the laziest word I could think of. They did a good job of not making it, too stagey, too a lot of that, too camera movement, like swirling, like they did a lot of the dolly movements in, and the camera would kind of move up above the character, and you'd be like, no, like a lot of that, dun dun dun, a lot of that shit came around then, and Rod Sterling was like, no, thank you, I'm gonna go ahead and do my weird sci-fi show over here on CBS, so that's what they did. Um, I don't want to get into too much details. You can just you know Wikipedia shit, but. This is just my general feelings for the show. Um, I like that it's a response to censorship, to... It's not even that risque. It was more of a censorship of... Even though Twilight did have sponsors, they said, hey, fuck sponsors. We're not going to just do uplifting stories of Americana and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like they were so worried about upsetting sponsors back then because... One sponsor paid for a show back then. Now it's you pay for a 30-second ad, and we'll air it three times a day at 12, 7, and 8. Like, it, like you know what I mean? It doesn't... Back then it was, when just the cigarettes, now sponsors the Twilight Zone. Yes. Smoke up, even when you're pregnant. They help the fertility of your baby. It depends on it. Yes. It, it really was like one company would sponsor your whole entire show. But now it's gone. Um, so they're really, really, really worried about offending that one fucking, that cash cow, you know? And Rod's Rodsfeld kind of said, I want to do this, and if it's depressing, we just have to deal with it because it's a story and it's only half an hour, and next week we'll be, we'll be on to something else. You don't want to dwell on it. You want to keep moving this depressing story. Next week I'll, I'll give you Kick the Can, that, that terrible episode. Um, there's a lot of episodes of Twilight Zone, I want to say, Quite clearly, I don't care for. 
they ran a lot of episodes, and a lot of them are amazing. And there's like 15 to 20 turds. I'd like to point to uh, the bewitching pool I don't really care for. The uh, the one with the... Uh, there's a couple of witch ones, like actual witch ones, and they're fucking dumb. They're dumb as shit. And some of them are just goddamn boring. And you know what? That's what happens when you do every episode is not continuing off the last. That was a terrible grammar, I realized. But every episode is not dependent on the last episode to keep it going. So you don't really get that storyline movement. You don't get the ball rolling. You don't get the snowball rolling downhill. It's not going to avalanche in the next episode. You kind of just have to deal with it from week to week. And you're going to get some turds there. So you're going to get your turds are an inevitable part of that. Uh, it's kind of like what American Horror Story is going through right now. They don't do it every episode. They do it per season. Like, first season, Haunted House. Oh, what's it called? Murder House. Second season was Asylum. First season's great. Like, amazing. Second season's pretty fucking good. Borderline amazing. Third season, you get Coven, which seemed terrible at the time. But then when you watch Freak Show season four, you realize Coven was kind of awesome. Because Freak Show was so fucking terrible. And that's kind of what Twilight Zone is, because it's, you'll see some amazing episodes that really have valid social commentary. And then you'll get to some episodes where you're like, holy shit, that was retarded. That was the freak show of this season. It was terrible. But then don't, next week you're on to uh, you know, Murder House again, and you're right back to it. You're caught back up, and you're back in. You're, they, they lassoed you back. Um, I am working on a... This is the last thing I'll say before I get into the actual episode, and then we'll, we'll be done here. I know you're, you're very, your time's very valuable. Um, no, seriously, we'll, I want to pass this by you. I am working on a list of how I... I could easily look up, disclaimer, what I think Twilight Zone episodes are best summarized as. Like, it, meaning... This there's a lot of episodes that represent this. There's a lot of episodes that represent this. Like groups of episodes. Like this one addresses this. And like I said, the McCarthyism <clears throat> that kind of is manifested throughout what I call the fear episodes. It's kind of like, oh, this could happen. And it's kind of more in the Wikipedia says Kafka-esque. I get that. It's kind of like uh there's an episode, I think it's the last episode of season one, maybe two. I don't remember. But uh, we'll get there. It's it's called the absolute man, and it's kind of like that, where it's the society deems you unruly, they're gonna kill you, kind of like society controls you. It's, that's the Kafkaesque ones. I call that more um, future fear, because that's kind of like what it is. That there's a one. It basically, it boils down to my my theory is mine is gonna be. I'm gonna work on this throughout this show. It's gonna be past, present, future. One of those three. And then one of the next categories, fear, irony, or urban legend. And there might be some more added later. This is all I have for now. I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare for this. I'm working on a lot of shows, in case you haven't noticed. I have four running now. Um, but yeah, that, so this one I would consider present. I don't want to. Do I want to go with fear or urban legend? Like everyone, nobody's around anymore. I want to go more present fear because this episode, I guess I'll just run through the episode. So this one is this guy named Mike, who you don't know his name till the end. 
Which, if you look up, it kind of ruins it right away because you find out his name. In the episode, he doesn't know his name. So if you find out he know, you know his name, you realize they're going to find out his name at the end. So, spoiler alert, you should watch these episodes before I talk about them. They're on Netflix for free. If you have Netflix, I guess Netflix isn't free. But the episode is if you have Netflix. So watch The Twilight Zone. It's only 22 minutes or some shit like that, you know? And it's a really good show, so I recommend it. But where is everybody... Guys wandering through the desert, and I feel like a lot of Twilight Zone episodes just had a guy wandering through the desert, because there's one where, uh, I think it's 500 yards over the rim or something like that, where there's just, it's a, basically a guy who looks like fucking Abraham Lincoln traveling through the desert, and he goes over a hill, or a rim, I guess as the title suggests, and he time travels to nowadays, nowadays meaning 1960 or something. Um... And then there's another one where the guys go to Mars and they find a little tiny race and then the guy becomes like a god to them and kills them and becomes evil. And they kind of, they uh, parodied that and parried that on the uh, Simpsons where Lisa gets the tooth and, or Bart, I forget how that goes. And then they become a tiny race and then I think it's a Treehouse of Horror episode if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, I love... This episode, as well as all the episodes, are in black and white. And I fucking love the 60s television for this exact reason. My favorite shows growing up, like the shows I actually liked, because I watched Full House growing up, but fuck Full House, right? I wrote about that in my first, or my fourth book. Third book? Third book, right? Yeah, third book. Second book. I'm fucking dumb as shit. Um, 100 Things That'll Burn in Hell. I wrote about Full House in the 2015 update version. The one you can download on loadingonenline.com. I wrote about Full House and how I watched it a lot growing up, but it was because it was what was on. It wasn't necessarily what I was into. There's not a whole lot going on in that show. It's more of a sit down and talk about your feelings in the last 20 minutes. That's how that show worked. But I fucking loved, this is before kindergarten. I would sit down and watch TV with my aunt before kindergarten. Twilight Zone, Lost in Space, and then for some fucking reason, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That's just what I watched before school. Um... But I love the black and white quality. I, it's much better than the 70s sleaze, greasy, fucking polyester suit bullshit. I fucking hate the 70s. I really do. Not so much. I love 70s music is the best music for me. I, I love the 70s music, but I fucking hate 70s TV. It was all like, especially later 70s, it was uh, A-Team, which is, I guess, early 80s, but kind of the same carry out, carry out from that same era. And but Incredible Hulk, shit like that, Starsky and Hutch, it was all like, let's let's crash a car through a bunch of cardboard boxes and out of the middle of nowhere. And like, uh, it's just a lot, a bunch of nonsense. And it was all about style and like, woo, like we're having so much fun crashing these boxes. And 60s television was like sci fi, Star Trek. I fucking love Star Trek. I, I will admit to being a Star Trek dork. I don't like the word dork that much when you just say you like Star Trek. It's not, I don't, I don't feel any special any more special or empowered by saying I'm a dork about this stuff. I just genuinely like Twilight Zone, Lost in Space, Star Trek, and Thunderbirds. Fucking Thunderbirds with puppets. And then for some reason now, they just came out with a new Thunderbirds show called Thunderbirds Are Go, which is named after the movie. And it's animated puppets, which confuses the fucking shit out of me because why? It's like I've seen that Barbie cartoon, and I'm like, you're animated... You animated 
characters who are dolls and they look like dolls and they operate in the same world as dolls. And I just get very confused because why the fuck make them dolls anymore? Why make Thunderbirds puppets when they're cartoons? You don't make, need to make them look like that with the big heads and the beady eyes and the rolling around their head and the weird animatronic arm. I don't know. I don't need that. I don't need to look like they're pulling on strings because they're not doing that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, I love Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall? What's his name? Gary. Ah, fuck. I feel real dumb. Gary. Insert last name here. The guy who did the Thunderbirds and shit. What the fuck's his last name? Anyway, Gary Anderson. Jerry Anderson? G-E-R. I'm confused about G-E. I know J-E-R-R-Y is Jerry, but G-E-R-R-Y. Is that Gary again? Or is it Jerry again? Or is it now Gary? Because there's a G. Anyway, I guess we'll call him Jerry Anderson because I guess that's what it looks more like on paper. Anyway. Anyway, way the fuck off topic. Anyway, this guy's wandering through the desert. He sees a bunch of nothing. He's wandering around the desert, and then he gets in this little town, and then nobody's fucking around. Hey, where is everybody? He's looking around. He's running around, and nobody's there. There's a big clock tower, and it's the exact same, quite literally. I mean this very, very literally. The same exact clock tower from Back to the Future. All right, so he's running around. It looks like the opening of Vanilla Sky, only very, very cheap because you don't need to pay actors to not be there. This isn't Times Square. You know what I mean? This is some fucking hodunk town in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Maybe Albuquerque. Who fucking knows? It could be Tombstone, Arizona, for all I know. There's nobody goddamn around, is my point. Vanilla Sky's shot was one of the most expensive shots, if not the most expensive shot in cinema history because they cleared out downtown Manhattan. They cleared out Times Square. This was just a couple square blocks. But hey, it's 1959. It's CBS. It's the pilot episode of a new TV show they're doing, and they don't really know what the fuck it is. If you saw Twilight Zone on paper, you'd be like, what the shit is this? What the holy hand shit is it? I don't know what this is. I, don't, I really don't know what I'm looking at here. But the point is they moved everybody out of town, or nobody was just there, so they just recorded. I don't know how it worked. I don't know. That town looked pretty well kept. Kept. I, I guess they, I guess they just asked the seven people who lived there, "Hey, go ahead and you know stay in the back room of your bank or whatever." Anyway, he's running around. He's scared and he's sweaty as shit. The Twilight Zone, as will be a theme in this show, is notorious for actors covered in sweat. They are the sweatiest shit. Sweatiest fucking shit. And it's not a sexy look. The 60s was about sexy. The 70s was. The 70s all about getting laid. It wasn't like sexy like you think of Don Draper. That's 60s. That was like smooth jazz sexy. 70s was like, ooh, I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to fuck you good, girl. You're gonna, that's not a big deal. Here, smoke this. And, but this is 59. There's no sexy. There's no sexy at all. You got housewives still. You got girls waiting to do hand and foot, whatever the fuck you want, you know? I apologize. I got off topic. Anyway, he's running around, and he's, and he's doing the Twilight Zone thing where he's going, I'm this guy. I don't know who I am. Where am I? Where is this place? And he sees this woman in a Jeep, and he proceeds to yell at her. And he's just like, hey, 
I just yell and have conversations from afar. This is who I am. That's just regular old me. Whoever I am, I, I don't have a memory. I don't know who I am. I don't know what's going on. And he, he's walking toward the Jeep. And then he he's walking toward the Jeep slowly. And he's so fucking out of it or dumb, I can't tell which, that he doesn't realize it's a goddamn mannequin until he opens the goddamn door. And she falls and hits her goddamn head on the goddamn curb. And her face isn't smashing like you think it would. But she just falls out. And he's like, what? What's going on? And my initial thoughts were, he puts her back in the car. And then shuts the door for some reason. And my initial thought was, hey, it's like Japan in like 20 years. Because when if you look at anything about Japan, they're just fucking like androids and fucking flesh bots. And it reminds me of the old Phoenix West show when... Used to be called the Incredible Negative Men. We had this episode, and I titled it um, "I Don't Own a Cashy or <laughs> I Don't Own a Kathy Bates Fleshbot." That's really hard to say. Sorry, and it reminds me of that because that's what Japan is now. They just fuck robots. They fuck fleshbots who are probably not in the shape of Kathy Bates. That's probably disgusting to them still. But they just—they don't like it. the reports are saying they're not interested in you know male-female relations anymore. They don't give a shit about that. They're kind of just done with that. And that's just what this felt like because I felt like there's mannequins in cars, like guys were using them as as their girlfriend to go for a drive, and I, they're just they don't care about the, that anymore. They just want a fucking mannequin that doesn't care. They just gives them a blank stare back. You know, it's kind of like when you fuck a real dumb girl and she's just staring at you, and you're like, I don't even care if you enjoy this. I really don't. Just I'm here to finish. That's all I'm here for. And with that, we go to the mannequins standing around inside the place. He goes into like a, I don't know what the fuck that was, before he gets on the payphone. He, there's a lot of mannequins just standing around. It reminded me of I Am Legend, the uh, Will Smith version, where he puts mannequins everywhere. And which is funny, because that was the third in line of a Richard Matheson novel, um, I Am Legend which is like um, Last Man on Earth and The Omega Man and I Am Legend. With So basically he went from uh, what Vincent Price to Charlton Heston to Will, Wilfred Smith, if you will. If I'm going to call him Rodling Serling or Roddy Serling, where the fuck it was, I'm calling him Wilfred Smith. That's what he goddamn deserves. Um, but it reminded me of that, and I don't think it was coincidence. I don't know. Maybe. You have to look into it. I don't know the years that came out. I'm not that big of a dork. Anyway, he goes to the telephone booth, which existed back then. And he gets he looks up the operator, and he calls the operator, and he's looking through the telephone book. And I'm like, wow, this is so long ago. Even though when I was in high school, there was still telephone booths. And now I'm out of high school for, I don't know, 13 years, something like that. And there's not a single, I couldn't find a telephone booth you know how you get like a, like a, what are those called? Sorry, I'm blanking on the expression here, on the uh, title of this. When you get like a scavenger hunt, there's a word I was looking for, the phrase. When you get a scavenger hunt and it's like, hey, get a stop sign that doesn't, doesn't end in five or zero. And like that, you go find like a 12 mile an hour in like an airport, or like a driving movie theater. And so you find one. But I, if one of those things, if the thing after the not five or zero was, hey, t- find a telephone booth and take a picture. F- fucked. I'm fucked. We are all fucked. 
we would have to develop the technology. The prize for the scavenger hunt would have to be worth it enough for me to create the technology to build a time machine to go back to 1959 to find a telephone booth because, and then proceed to fix the lottery or stock market or horse tracks, whatever the fuck I wanted to do after that to make that money back. Again, this would have to all be after the deduction of the initial cost of building said time machine. I don't know how much that is up front. I probably have to get some investors to get the Japanese involved. I'm not really sure. Um, and yes, I like saying the word sure like that instead of sure. I like sure. It's very Canadian the way of saying it. I've adopted it. I don't know why. I did grow up very close to Canada, but I, I didn't say that until recently in my 30s. It's weird. But I like saying the word sure like that. But I, I feel like I would need to have that technology to find a fucking time machine because otherwise I don't know where there is one. Do you do you honestly like, I know you can think in your memory of where you knew there was one, but and I don't mean a telephone on the side of a fucking convenience store or like outside of a CD motel. I mean the booth like Bill and Ted time machine booth came full circle there. See that? Um, anyway, he gets on the time. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I almost bought into my own fucking fantasy right there. See how much I love this shit? I almost bought into it. I almost wrote my own script right there off this. Whoa, mind blown. He goes into the fucking cafe after this, and he beforehand he bought a bunch. He tried to order shit very loudly, very rudely, if there was people there. Um, it's like if I went into Denny's nowadays and they took three seconds too long, and I was like, hungry customer here, 285. I got 285 in my pocket. That'll buy maybe some coffee. Maybe a glass of water. I might even pay for my tip. No, it won't. Okay. All right. Um, hungry customer here. I don't, oh, here you are. But, like, he does that. And then his, the waiter just might be the sole proprietor of this business, maybe in the shitter. And meanwhile, he's in the shitter, like, trying to fucking read his, what came out on D59, like, fucking Variety magazine or whatever. And he has to just sit here and listen to this guy yelling at him, berating him, calling him out, really, like WWE or WWF, as I know, because I'm a little older. Um, fucking calling him out. But he's he would have to sit there in the shitter and be like, okay, this guy's yelling, like, real loud about how much money he has, bragging about 285 in his jumpsuit, which he doesn't even know he's American. Um, I feel like a lot of the early episodes utilize these jumpsuits because they had no money just no money at all that's why this episode stars one man until the last five minutes or four minutes something like that that's why it stars one fucking person because that's all there is that's all they can afford that's really that stretched out their budget to an exceptional length the fact that they made that money go that far is actually substantial and it kept the series afloat, I guess. Although, fucking, what's his name? Was a fucking asshole. And I hate that guy. What's his goddamn name? Um, James Aubrey. Fucking ruined the show. Made him go, made him go digital. Or not digital. Uh, fucking videotape. 1959. 1960. Let's go videotape. Even though you have to fucking edit in the goddamn camera itself. You have to edit on the fly. Like, good fucking luck. Like, home videos look like that for a reason. Anyway, he goes in the back in there. There's a 
And he's talking, and he looks over, and there's this a cigar sitting there. I'm like, wow, Rod Serling was here. He was recently in this room. You should keep looking for Rod because he'll write you out of this for sure. For sure. The episode halfway, almost the exact halfway line, it was the second commercial break ended with him going going back outside. I'm like, where is everybody? Where is everybody? And that's another, not another, it's a continuation of the thing I was saying where you just kind of yell your lines in the Twilight Zone. The Twilight Zone is fucking so good at that. They do it in a way where it doesn't piss me off. Where they, the exposition is so fucking forced, but I love it. Is that weird? Because normally I hate that in movies. But this only has half an hour, 22 minutes with commercials, to get out the information. That's all they have. And they want to set up some complicated worlds in some of these episodes. So he has to, Rod certainly has to write in some exposition like this. But he's just like, I don't know who I am. Where is everybody? And he just yells it. And it happens so much in this show. And... Even, oh, as, to prove my point from earlier about this being Richard Matheson's uh, Last Man on Earth, he finds a book called The Last Man on Earth, and there's a whole fucking little spindle thing full of it, just full of that one book. In case the 15 people that live in this small, small, small town want to buy that book three times each. I don't know what the math is. Is this like a big off-the-freeway town? I don't... I don't see. I don't see personally in my head a big freeway next to this, and especially because this is not long after the freeways were built, right? So I can't. I can't imagine, right? This is the middle of nowhere. The, the main freeways there weren't there yet. I don't. This isn't. This isn't like just off. If I had to guess, this was like New Mexico or some shit like that. Like, who gives a shit? Like, nobody's gonna buy that book, really. I don't know where I'm going for this. Um, but anyway, he goes into a movie theater later, and he's kind of like, I'm in the Air Force. I'm in the Air Force. That's who I am. I'm in the Air Force. There was, there was a war. And there, was, there was a bomb. Twilight Zone loves World War II, by the way. And then this is kind of like more Korea, because it's 59. But Rod certainly loved WW2. We'll stay tuned for this show, and we'll talk about a lot of World War II episodes. We're going to get there. This the show also has a lot of who am I? Who are you? Who am I? Why am I here? Who? Where am I? Oh my god! Of late, I think of Pip, like stuff, shit like that, where it's like, who, where, why? Memory gone. Uh, this doesn't feel familiar. This feels familiar, but nobody recognizes me. Type thing. Like, look at my what? Wait, my my ID says this. Thing. What? Like a lot of that shit, where it's that's the fear thing I was talking about, and. He's in the theater, and he's kind of going, I was in the Air Force. That's who I am. And he's kind of figuring it out, you know? And he's like, there's a bomb? Was there a bomb? There's a bomb. And then he immediately the screen on the theater starts showing, like, this fucking B-52 bomber come by, and he, he runs up because the theater, you know, obviously the projector started rolling, so he runs up to the booth, and he's like, who's up there? Ah! And nobody's up there, and he runs back down, and he fucking faces, goes, runs face first into a goddamn giant mirror. And I don't know how you don't see yourself, but. Maybe he literally didn't see himself for all I know. I don't, I don't, I didn't ask. I didn't ask fucking Mike Ferris, Sergeant, or I don't know what his ranking is, Mike Ferris. But um, with that being said, he 
goes outside and he starts fucking around on a, a um, crosswalk. And he's like, I just want to go. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? I don't know where I am. Ah. And he kind of like just wants, he's losing his shit. And then this is when it cuts to reality. And then you kind of see him in a little booth and he's kind of like in one of those like, simulation things. And, and he kind of, his men wake him up and they're like, oh, he lost his shit. Like he fucking lost it. And James Gregory is his general or sergeant. I don't, I don't know military rankings, so eat a dick. Um, not you military people. I'm just saying if you're that concerned about it. I just don't know it. So eat several dicks, I guess, if you really complain that much. But he, James Gregory is his captain and who I fucking love because he's, in some uh, James Frankenheimer or <laughs> John Frankenheimer movies from the sixties, Maturing Candidate, he, he's in that. But uh, I fucking love him, and uh, he died in Arizona. Fun fact, um, Sedona to be exact. So you know he knows what's up. Anyway, I fucking love him. I love sixties uh, movies, TV, and he's he's he represents that for me. But uh, yeah, he, they kind of go hey. He was in there for, I don't know, 294 hours, something like that, 496 hours, whatever, whatever it is. And he's like, that's the equivalent of two trips to the moon and, you know, orbit and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of numbers I didn't get. And to be honest, it wasn't important. It didn't matter. Because the press comes along and James Gregory's kind of like, yeah, if you were in there that long, without, there's a thing we don't think about. We can... We can uh, feed the body. We can remove waste. We can do all this. We can keep him not entertained, but we can't cover one thing. It's basic human interaction. Blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't say that with spite or any sort of malice. I fucking love this episode. It's a good episode for first first episode of your show. Um, real simple, real cheap. Like I said, one person until the very end when you get like six guys. And then CBS has got to own some you know, military outfits. This is the only episode shot on the Universal lot, which is why there's the Back to the Future thing, um, which is like, I don't know, fucking 25 years later, but um, 26, right? Yeah. But so they're really cheap. You, you, you rent out a couple. You don't need to rent them if you're, you know, CBS is making it. You just kind of use some of the uh, military uniforms and you kind of get some different buttons for them. You know, you get the general, this, 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 staff sergeant, blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 military, blah, blah. And then uh, that's all you need to do. They bought a little box or built a little box and had the guy staying in it. And they went, hey, that was a simulation of what it's going to be like. Go to the moon. 1959. Here we go. And then at the end, he's like, I'm sorry. You'll be all right. You know, this is all right. You broke. It's no big deal. It's going to be lonesome up there because we had yet to go to the moon is really what was going on. Like the Russians have already been in the space at this point. And, but this is 10 years before we went to the fucking moon, landed on the moon. And, uh, they kind of thought people were going to go goddamn crazy. Even though, why would you go to the moon alone? I didn't think like Buzz Aldrin was there 10 years later. It wasn't just Armstrong, you know, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I'm saying he wasn't alone. And we weren't like, hey, hey, uh, I'm strong. You're going alone. You're going to fly solo on this bitch. So, Buzz, why don't you buzz up? <laughs> like 60s joke. Anyway, uh, so good luck. Keep keep your mind on strong. <laughs> Two jokes. Get out of here, you fucker. And then let him go on his own. No, that didn't happen. We wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? People did like the, the orbits by themselves, I think, right? 
but you want to go to the moon by yourself. You want to you want to share that with some buddies. You know, you want to talk about that when you get back. Um. Anyway, that ends <laughs> this episode of uh, Twilight Zone, which is one hundred and one. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? As it old Jewish mother might say. Um. So I guess am I gonna? I don't. I don't really have a plan for this show. I'm just gonna do them whenever. You know. I'm just going to do them whenever. I have zero, zero plan, and it's just going to be sporadic. It's just going to come out when it comes out, you know? So stay tuned, I guess. And um, I don't really have a rating system for this show. I like this episode, so it gives a thumbs up. How about that? I don't want to cut into Roger Niebert or whoever the fuck does the thumbs up thing. But this, this episode gets a yes. It gets a star. It gets a yes instead of a no. So it gets a it gets a watch. How about watch or don't watch? It gets a watch. You should watch it. It's not amazing, but it's fun. It's interesting enough where you're like, what? And uh, so yeah, hey, go to uh, loiteringwonderland.com, loiteringandwonderland.com, and uh, check out the store. Buy my books. There's Phoenix West books on there. I have four of them currently. Digital books. These are for your computer. These are for your phone. If you want Amazon Kindle versions, go to Amazon.com. Search my name, Phoenix West, and you will find three of them. The fourth one currently, I know this might not make sense in the future, maybe fixed in later, I shouldn't even say this part, is not ready. So let's just say all four is on there. Fuck it. If all four are in there, I'm a lazy piece of shit later. Um, But seriously, check it out. Um, check out the books. They're five dollars. That's it. Five bucks for a digital copy. That's it. it. It goes in the fun my heroin addiction and uh, writing for the future books. So I appreciate it. Um, again, iTunes, Loading Wonderland. Just go on there. We have the show Loading Wonderland. We have the Phoenix West show, which is amazing. We have LIW Improv Theater, which is a fucking ball of fun. Ten to twenty minute episodes. That's all they are. They're all completely improvised. They're so much fucking fun. Check them out. You'll have a ball. You'll have a blast. You'll have uh, uh, whatever else you want to have, an orgasm. I don't know. Maybe I'll get you there. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We'll cross that sexual bridge. We'll, maybe we'll burn that bridge. Maybe that's what you like. Or maybe, you're, maybe your sexual fetish is fire. We'll burn that bridge, and then we'll never talk again because that burn, the bridge is burned, you know? Again, I don't know where I'm going with this, but hey, go buy the fucking books. Go listen to the fucking episodes. Go on YouTube. Lord Wonderland, Facebook, Lord Wonderland, Twitter, LIW Podcast, Instagram, LIW Podcast, and just fucking follow us, guys. Goodbye. Thanks for listening, honestly, to uh, Twilight Zone Episode Review Show or something like that, whatever it's called. So uh, thanks. I'll see you for episode two sometime. Thanks, guys.